0: to the natural underground
1: welcome welcome welcome
0: the radio show and <laughs> podcast dedicated to the natural food industry i'm your host al springer joining me in the studio all kinds of fresh faces you got Je- <laughs> Jessalyn.
1: Fresh faces. You've been looking at this mug for years. <laughs> I know.
0: I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make it more exciting somehow. I don't know. You got Ryan over here. I'm what's only happening? here so I don't get fined. Wow. Is there a fu- penalty is
1: that what is that, what's it? Attending?
2: Marshawn
0: Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The quote the great Marshawn. Nice. <laughs> we are also joined by Maddie, our intern. Hi. Very, very quiet normally. Yeah, but we Maddie. Got a high out of her. Maddie. Before
1: breathing. this was like, so do I have to have a microphone? Yeah, or like, am I yeah, here yeah to just chill watch or something.
0: What's going on here? I look down. Jessalyn is so nice. She. Put together a uh, sort it's, of. A, what did you just say? I know it's a compliment. Oh, it's being
1: recorded. I can play it on loop. <laughs> what That's a my new ringtone. I know that. I'm gonna make like a new song, <sighs> and it's just that on repeat. She's just gonna <clears> play <throat> it
0: uh, <throat> all the <clears throat> <just> time. <throat> so nice. Well, <clears throat> she made a little outline for the show, and it says guest pump, which means. Uh, we're
1: talking about a guest. Yeah, but confident. I read
0: it that, hey, we got a guest pimp. I got excited that we're going to have a pimp on the show. Finally, the show sort of takes it up a notch. Finally, in terms it's of relevant level. to the
1: consumer package. It's a yes. couple
0: notches. Yes. <laughs> well, we don't have a pimp on the show, oh. but what we do have is Michael Wainwright coming. Michael will enjoy that. What I an know intro. Michael. He will <laughs> enjoy that. Wow. It. Right? So uh, he's going to be so interesting because if you have started a food company, an energy bar, a beverage, anything, you, you always want to get into places where people try things the first time. We call those trial channels. How exciting. Trial it, channels. I great.
1: practically lost and, my thoughts. <laughs>
0: and, and one of the classic <laughs> trial channels is places like Lifetime Fitness, the gym, right? 24-hour golds. All those kind of places where people are working out and maybe they'll try something like an energy bar, an energy drink, a protein drink. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael has really built a career out of understanding that lifestyle, how to market products through those outlets to the mm-hmm. consumer. So it's going to be fun to have him on. Plus, he's just a really... He's a character, man. That's an okay. intense Finally, guy some with personality all kinds, on oh, the show. Oh, he has 2X personality, then we desperately need it. <laughs> a little later in the show, uh, the vice president of marketing at the Touch Agency, Linda Bowen, is going to join us. LB. Oh, LB in the house. Not in the house, on the phone, I guess. I wish. But she's so great because... When you get that, no matter what industry you're in, when you get those few minutes in front of the buyer, it might be two minutes, it might be 30 minutes, you can be lucky and it's longer. But how do you tell your story? What are those ways of keeping them engaged and interested? Do not judge by this show that we know anything about keeping people interested, because we don't. You're, you've probably <laughs> don't turned already, turned the station already. But Linda is masterful at saying, here's the four or five things that you really have to have mm-hmm. uh, to make it all work. Yeah. So today I thought we'd stick in the theme of fitness and how do you, what do you, so Maddie, you are- <laughs> You an,
1: look at me and then go, yeah, I'd say, yeah, no, no way, she's else. involved <laughs> in
0: theater, there's no way we should even ask her. Maddie, you're a, a college equestrian, what kind of workout is required there or is it a horse doing all the work?
1: No. Uh, so we work out three days a week um, at 5 a.m. and we lift weights. Ooh. We well, run why 5 a.m.? and we A do... horse is
0: up at six, I remember what's that. going
1: on? <laughs> Just to get it done before classes. Yeah. And oh. it's, it's I like it.
0: So, what's the workout routine?
1: Um, so Mondays we lift weights, uh, Tuesday cardio, and then Wednesdays Pilates, and then Thursdays it depends. So. Yeah, well,
0: the Pilates for what reason? Is that uh, balance
1: good for riding? core? Riding plates. okay,
0: riding the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Who knew? Right, I thought the horse had to do all the work. <laughs> I figured there's some reason that uh, they needed the riders. <laughs> Ryan, you played a little college basketball. What's your workout routine these days?
2: Just yoga. Going on runs, yeah. um, yoga is tremendously difficult, especially for a man built like I am, which is long. I'm six seven. Yep, um, and I've had a couple other buddies come, and they were both six eight. And man, is it hard!
0: Oh, I can't imagine. You can get the feet. It's all and these the tiny girls doing these
2: handstands and stuff, and we're like shaking and sweating over <laughs> there in the corner trying to do a <laughs> wall Justin, sit you for You know
0: hour. that they're just going to this to eyeball ladies. You know, I that. know. that
2: was yeah. the original intent, and then it was so <laughs> hard that we ended up just going back for the workout. Mm-hmm. Wow. And at my current gym, it's honestly 50 50 guys, girls.
0: Oh. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, speaking of fitness, you have some, you're in theater, so there must be something you do, right? That pretends to be like you're getting in shape.
2: <laughs> I, me, 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 I, me, me, I, me, me.
1: That, you know, actually, when I, if I'm in a musical, I'll actually practice like singing while walking or on the treadmill oh. because it elevates, like you have Ooh. to learn how to breathe properly. And have you ever nervous. lost
0: your breath? Like in a production where you just get behind, like a runner, and yeah. now you can't catch up. I mean, if, you're, if you're singing, if you're smart, right?
1: if you have a long monologue, or if you're singing, like you should mark your breaths out because otherwise. You'll do that thing where you keep talking, and then you're like, and that's not right. attractive you can't or just good. Do emotional
2: yeah. pause, just actually, randomly.
1: You you could, and I like to, but
2: <laughs>
0: yes, singing
1: is actually super physical. Like if you notice a lot of opera singers wear like these big corsets because it's just like engaging your core in a oh, way. Oh, it's got to be. Now. And
0: then yeah. when they start running singers around the stage and like singing, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It super. looks intense. I think dance. Not. I mean, mm-hmm. dance has to be an extreme mm-hmm. version of all that. Let's, let's keep in the uh, fitness sort of sports theme. I think you had some some challenges for There's us some on questions, right? some interesting facts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Here's, here's a question. Okay. Research found that adults in the following states are uh, most likely to report exercising three or more days a week for at least 30 minutes. So are
0: these people states where they work out the most, in other words?
1: Yeah. What do you think those four states are?
0: Is this exercising the most or the most active?
1: are most likely to report exercising uh, three or more days a week for at least 30 minutes. This
0: is tricky because I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona, and everyone there worked mm-hmm. out like crazy. But the rest of the state, no no chance. So, yeah, Nobody the top
1: four states. States Colorado? as a whole, not cities. Colorado,
0: no? maybe they love
2: that kind of stuff. No, I was kind of surprised be, by these. It's going to be small states, small population-wise. Okay. okay.
1: Take some Take guesses. A guess,
2: and then we got to keep rolling. Yeah, Colorado's a good guess. Wyoming is not a good guess, I think.
1: You're kind of on to, yeah. Actually, you have any guesses, Maddie? No. She's like, whatever. And <laughs> yeah, no, um, like, ver- when is this Vermont? internship
2: over? Vermont. Vermont. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Hawaii. But oh, I yeah, bet yeah. that's a lot of surfing, hiking, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Montana. Those people are just like, I'm going to get my cattle. And that's
0: what I mean. Wow. Like I think we just lost whatever one listener yeah, we gu- have in Montana. Goodbye, Billings. Yeah. We'll miss you.
1: And Alaska. Yeah. That makes uh, sense, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very that's just rugged survival. lifestyle. <laughs> this is yeah. trying to
0: live. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's do one more and then we got to hit our, our pie hole products.
1: <laughs> In 2016, what percent of U.S. citizens were inactive? Which means like no working out. None they, at all. They have not made an effort to work out. I mean, I guess. 15 to 20. Okay. What do you think? Over, or under?
0: Way over. You think it's less than that? I think it's more than that. What do you okay. think?
1: I think it's like 30%. 27.5%.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, what are those... Poor? Now, we don't know all the reasons. so We're not certainly no. not judging them. Mm-mm. But it tells you that there's a lot there's of a discrepancy. That, yeah, the need to you know, hopefully mm-hmm. can find a way to kind of get after cause it. Because it makes you feel so much better. It's like we always half talk about natural foods, foods there. here. The other half of yeah. that equation is moving. Just keeping yourself... The human <laughs> body's meant to be walking all the time. Yeah, this yeah. is the health minute. Speaking <laughs> we of do pie yeah, hole yeah, corner? Speaking of what we're eating, what are we thinking here?
1: Uh, Hit it, Matt. Time's wasting don't you know? put something tasty in my old pie
2: hole oh. <laughs> oh, hey, um, yeah. thank right you
1: there. beautiful harmonies I'll go. I'll go first we'll just go through this real quick uh, so these are this week in pie hole in the pie hole this week we decided we were going to do sort of fitness nutrition related in the spirit yes. of talking to Michael Wainwright today yes uh, I had to go with rally recovery drink It's a great little post-workout drink. It keeps you hydrated. It keeps you refreshed. There's uh, plenty of potassium, B vitamins. It's very low in sugar. It's a great alternative to some other sports drinks that have a lot of artificial colors and flavors and sweeteners. Rally Recovery Drink. Go to drinkrally.com. Yes. Brian.
2: Mine is called Healthy Scoop. So you guys know I'm a big fan of any kind of vegetables in my drink. Plant like You love plant-based
0: veggies. proteins.
2: Whether it's daily greens or that's just drinking your veggies or Vega, plant-based proteins. Yep. This is something very similar. Um, really cool company, cool people behind it. It's called Healthy Scoop. Mm-hmm. Right. You can find them at healthyscoop.com. Ooh, 20 grams of protein with complete amino acid profile. I don't know what that means, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> High in antioxidants, omega threes, one billion probiotics, and fifty percent
0: of your daily vitamins and minerals. Nice. That's a big boom, one shot. Boom, nice. Boom. Uh, all right. Here's my thing. This is gonna, gonna be my uh, good advice for you. Get addicted to protein cookies. Yeah. And I can't stop. So I started with Lenny and Larry's, who makes muscle brownie. They have the complete cookie. Yeah, I think yeah. their brand just sold or they brought in investors all over the news. They have a thousand uh, flavors. Week. Yes. But then I've also turned been turned on to Omega who's now owned by this uh, amplifier Amplify, right yep. uh, the, the skinny pop and all those things they have a cookie and when we had Omega as a client before that acquisition, we were always you know suggesting they get a make the cookie bigger and they have done that it's delicious I love it it's gluten free awesome. Check it out. I did see was involved with Lenny and Larry's, too. We're deep Yeah, we're deep into cookie. So uh, we love cookies. And then H-E-B even has one that's a protein cookie now. It's H-E-B Brand? It's called the Perfect Cookie or the Protein, oh, yeah, yeah. Cookie. protein mm-hmm. cookie. Delicious. So check it all out. Mm-hmm. Alright, Michael Wainwright, when we come back on The Natural Underground. You Sit me smile. welcome back to the natural underground before the we took a break was that a break Jocelyn? what was it
1: i took of, some sips of water and coffee so yeah, that i seems walked like
0: around a break. i guess it was a break i stared yeah. blankly
2: at the wall that was what and you reconsidered do That's my life decisions that got me exactly to this exact point. what you do did
1: you come up with anything
0: no yeah <laughs> before the break, uh, we talked about the importance of trial channels. Like if you're a brand and you've got a cool energy bar or protein powder, one of the places you just dream of, of securing some initial distribution. So people try it the first time is all is gyms and lifetime fitness, 24 hour golds, all those kinds of places. And as I mentioned before the break, uh, I've, I've known Michael Wainwright for a lot of years. Like we almost started together in the consumer packaged goods CPG industry And this guy has always been, I'm going to borrow, one of our old clients was Promax Bars, and their campaign was called Meet the Doers. This guy is a doer, man. Whatever he sets out to do, he seems to accomplish. He's an amazing guy. He's the founder of Sport Tech, which is a distributor and really helps brands market their way through that channel. Uh, Michael Wainwright, it's great to have you on The Natural Underground. Welcome.
3: Well hello Al. Thank you so much. Man. You make me sound so fantastic. <laughs>
0: you are, man. You can just re- uh, we'll just send you that little intro and then you can That's set right. it up like for your phone to wake you up right. in the morning. I'd
3: like or I just put it on my, my Sport Tech website and that just says it you, yeah. you just summed it all up. Right?
0: That's right. Right under About Us. Just play I that that it. part. Yeah. I love it. Before we jump into Sport Tech, let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you start in the C P G consumer packaged goods industry?
3: Yeah, so right out of uh, SUNY Buffalo, I went to work for the illustrious Bear, and yes. uh, my good friend Al Springer was there at the that's, same time, that's and where as we you met. know, Al, that was the, uh, I guess, quintessential training ground. I think it, it led me to, to every great thing that I've done in my life and the business side uh, really stemmed from from Bayer. They were a classical sales and marketing organization. And coming out of school, I really didn't know much of any of that. So I spent uh, 11 or 12 years uh, at Bayer working with some amazing people, tons of which I'm still friends with today and have all yep. landed in great places. And that was that was the back, my, my major starting point in the CPG world.
0: Yeah. And what lessons, you know, in sort of brand building do you, did you pick up then that you still use today? And I know there's probably a million of them, but if there's a couple that stand
3: out. Yeah, I would I would say the most uh, predominant thing that that we have a solid understanding of uh is uh category management and trade marketing, trade specific uh uh, marketing, right? How, yep. how to move your brand. So we get your brand on the shelf and then, then what do you do? Everybody wants to advertise, but how do you do that? What's the pushes and the pulls? Uh, how, do you, how, do you, uh, how do you put together an effective promotional plan? What's the cadence? What's the frequency? Uh, and then just basic category management, you know, fact-based selling. Everyone seems to come to you with this is the greatest tasting thing, this is the most incredible positioning, but really at the end of the day, uh, as you know, Al, ev- everything is really fact based, and, and, and when you're, the numbers don't lie. So we spend a lot of time dealing with, with uh, I guess, the reality. Uh, of the world that we live in, the facts and the numbers, and uh, and we make informed decisions uh, based on those facts. So that that really, you know, I learned to do that from from Bayer and and Twinlab. I did a stint there, and and that was really how we managed the business.
0: It's so funny. When we talk to entrepreneurs who have, you know, they go in and they often sell the big idea, and that's cool, and the romantic story of whatever they're building. But man you are so right. The challenge is the buyers, the retailers are often just looking at the numbers and have to say, "Okay, I hear what you're saying, but the the reality is the numbers are on the ground and knowing what's moving, what's not, what segments are trending." And I think you're spot on. They get that fundamental understanding of that is so critical.
3: Yeah, it's uh it it it's it's very rewarding but it's painful at times because a lot of there's a lot of energy you know in, in new companies we, we we deal with a lot of really dynamic people a lot of entrepreneurs and i love that i think that's what well, I'll continue to do this to my dying day because it's it's just really exciting it's fun these people bring a lot of creativity and energy to to the business uh... but oftentimes they're they're uh... uh... they're misaligned on 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 you know what it takes Get to the shelf, and and what it takes to to uh, to really succeed and make it. And as you know, sadly, um, a, a lot of brands fail out there. We don't we don't like to think or talk about those, but unfortunately, it does happen because a lot of folks just aren't aren't ready uh, to to get to the big show. Yeah,
0: you know, I agree with you. One of our prime examples when we talk about trial building outlets or better, you know, for better for your brands is a place like Lifetime Fitness, twenty four hour. Fitness and full disclosure, I happen to be a member at Lifetime. I love the place. You spent a few years helping them kind of figure out the product mix or how to, you know, what what uh, brands to partner with. Tell us a little bit about that experience. What does that look like?
3: Yeah, so I came to Lifetime Fitness as a as a VP uh, in uh, right after my my Twin lab stint, and I spent four years internally in uh, Chanhassen, Minnesota. And Lifetime is. the the biggest and the best in my view, not just because I was in there, but uh, they really did pioneer this healthy lifestyle um, you know, go-to-market strategy where, uh, you know, everything in those four walls, every one of their clubs is good for you. And that's the kind of their selling proposition. If it's here, it's good for you. And nobody does fitness, in my estimation, better than Lifetime Fitness. That was a phenomenal experience. Again, made a ton of friends, still have a ton of friends there, and launched my company basically coming out of Lifetime Fitness on a handshake uh, to help them find and source these best-in-class brands uh that that are the right fit for their consumer and that spilled over to some other um you know major fitness uh, chains for us like 24-hour fitness but uh yeah it, it's just a uh, it, it is the starting point we tell a lot of people that are looking to launch a brand um you don't want to rush too quickly no offense to, to walmart costco but you don't want to I, I I don't necessarily think in this space anyways you want, to, you want to start there. You kind of want to finish there.
0: Now you're right because being in it like if I walk into my lifetime and there's sort of a lifetime cafe or whatever it is where a lot of the products are set up along walls and you're right they always have they're very current like they always seem to have the next generation stuff in a place like that. And that's where you get Uh, the validation or the efficacy that this stuff must be great. Therefore, then when I see it in another outlet, it only adds to it. So it's a great place to launch, to launch your brand.
3: Yeah. And I think it, you know, that, that consumer too, and you're, you know, you're a member, so you get this, you are that user in, in this space, in this fitness space. If you're launching a healthy lifestyle brand, by and large, if you can win the consumer in this space, you know, that fitness consumer, because those are the guys and gals that are doing it every day. They're investing the, you know, 3 to 20 hours a week in their bodies, uh, and and not just in the working out, but in, in what they eat and what they buy, what they put in their bodies, their whole lifestyle. If you win that consumer over, if they become a fan of your brand, to me, and I've seen this happen more times than not, and I'm not don't pretend to be an expert but that's when you're ready for the next generation that's where you know that usually the product continuum to us goes uh you know fitness specialty uh kind of kind of as one you know your GNCs and vitamin shops of the world uh and then into uh more special specialty oriented channels like maybe even a convenience channel and then on through the food you know food drug mass uh club absolutely and online that that's usually how we see these brands time and time again go if you can make so if you can make it in fitness you're you're really off you got you got a good platform
1: so you sort of just answered my next question but we're talking about winning this fitness consumer how important do you think are gyms specifically in that category being able to win at a 24 hour fitness or a lifetime fitness
3: yeah critical and it's it's not the kiss of death i mean a lot of times you know we've had success with brands that have failed uh, we, we've launched them, uh, you know, got them on the shelf and even put some, you know, promotional plans in place, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't met the criteria, you know, of the buyer in the buyer's estimation. You know, the turns just aren't there. And, and oftentimes, a company will go back and revamp some things, whether it's packaging, pricing, or reformulation, uh, and try again, right? Those are the winners. you gotta, you just got to keep swinging. Um, but when you get it right, and um, I guess you could cut this out if you want, but there's a couple of major brands that we've been involved with since their inception, and I'm friends with these CEOs and founders, uh, but that's Lenny and Larry's.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, we were just Cook. talking about them in the opening segment. Yeah, so fantastic. They just yeah, took, took, their,
3: they just uh, took Barry, their... Barry Turner, uh, just an amazing you know, uh, entrepreneur and had an idea. We started our companies together. Um, I wish I was in the position he was in in terms of sales, Uh, but but hats hats off to him and his folks. They've done a phenomenal job. Um, And and that's a brand that started... In fitness, and they and they validated their existence there. They drove that brand through the fitness channel, uh, and now are just crushing it in uh, in, in the mass market.
0: Yeah, well, uh, they took on I think uh, uh, a big investor, almost you know, sold a big chunk of it. Uh, it was in the news. Yeah, um, we worked with Lenny and Larry, Don and Barry years ago when Muscle Brownie was really right. the thing.
3: That was their and, first thing,
0: and it was embar- It's embarrassing to admit this because we missed twice in. Um, in that energy bar world. The other was uh, when Luna launched, uh, we were helping balance bar and they said, we want to do like a, a coating on one side of a bar. And, and and I said, Oh, that's, that's so stupid. Right. Uh, you know, no one will ever go for that. You got to have coating <laughs> on both sides. Man, what is this? You know, what is this child's play? Uh, and, and it turned out to be big. And then the funny thing is I still, to this day, think that the pre formulated uh, Lenny and Larry muscle brownie, chocolate peanut was the best thing in the category. But that Still cook- going. Yeah, but that cookie was just sort of over there, and uh, I, I remember Don's son getting into, like, airports and trial-building channels and some C-stores, and you could tell pretty quickly, like, wow, this thing is going to be a big winner.
3: I, I kick myself all the time. Like, how hard was that? You picked everybody loves cookies, just protein, boom. Yeah, but- You know, it's easier said than done getting that consistency in the product. And and kind of, they have a patented technology, I believe, on that because there's been a lot of folks coming out with protein cookies now.
0: Oh, uh, many. Lenny and Larry's.
3: And they don't, nothing, you know, and this is credit to my friend Barry. I've tried no less than 10 of them, and nothing tastes like that Lenny and Larry's protein cookie. So, good for those guys.
1: Well, in terms of um, winning in that channel, can you talk to a bit of the, like what kind of decision criteria are these gyms and fitness centers looking for relative to product selection?
3: Yeah. And so it's tough, right? Because um, in some instances they want want the new adapter, early adapters, right? So you have a brand out there that is literally nowhere in, in existence. So at that point, I would just say, good old intuition takes over from the buyer's perspective, saying, "Okay, we're seeing growth in um, snacks, right? Protein fortified snacks. So we know we know we want to push there. Uh, And a lot of times, you know, it's kind of like spitballing. You're throwing some things at the wall, hoping that they stick. Um, So there's really not a lot of facts there. They just see the the numbers moving in that direction, and they'll take a chance on a brand that helps. You know, seems to fit. Uh, that criteria.
0: Michael, we want to ask you some questions about sport tech and talk about the kind of the entrepreneurial side of things and how you know what you're building there um, but we have to take a break. can we keep you over one more segment? I would love it. All right we're going to take a break when we come back more with Michael Wainwright, the founder of sport tech and the whole world of sort of sports and fitness channel, sales and marketing. You're listening to the Natural Underground. Baby, I'm sitting next to you. Watching
1: the moon catching fire in your eyes. It was worth every mile when I come through here. Gonna see me smile.
0: Welcome back to the Natural Underground. We have been chatting with, our whole team has been chatting with Michael Wainwright, founder of Sport Tech, all about the world of sports and fitness channels and. Michael's built a business called Sport Tech Distribution and does some amazing things in that area. We're going to talk a little bit more. So, Michael, welcome back to The Natural Underground. Hello again. Yeah. So let's talk about your business. What is Sport Sport Tech Distribution?
3: Yeah, so essentially, you know, we, we are a full-service Distributor, uh, I like to say we we kind of flip the pyramid upside down. Where most distribution companies, you know, the, the the fatter part of the pyramid is in that logistics, supply chain, distribution, trucking, warehousing, picking, packing, the kind of that traditional distribution model, uh, you know, and, and then and then the selling and the category management side and all that stuff at the tip of the triangle, uh, you know, is it kind of occupies a smaller amount of their time. Well, well, ours is completely the inverse. If you just flip that triangle right over, the fattest part of what we do day in and day out is really category management, brand building, um, positioning companies to succeed in this really dynamic space called fitness. Uh, And yes, we do have trucks. Yes, we do, you know, are involved with supply chain and have warehouse racks and, you know, building a brand new facility, beautiful state-of-the-art facility here in Brighton uh, to do the distribution side of it. But what we spend the majority of our time doing and what separates us from everybody else in the space is really our role and lead uh, as a category management uh, and, and just general supplier to the uh, to the fitness industry. So we do so much more than just distribution.
2: Why did you start the business?
3: Money. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, cool. I mean, that honest, is right. the. Uh, no, the uh, I had this, uh, you know, eleven, twelve years in CPG, and then I did a three-year stint at Twin Lab, which was a core sports nutrition company, and I loved it, met a lot of interesting people there, Then was hired by Lifetime Fitness to run and build out their nutritional platform. So I've always had an affinity in the space. I'm not a professional athlete, but I love sports. I love being around the people that are in this industry. They're very fit-minded entrepreneurs uh, and kind of developed, uh, I guess, some business acumen around um, emerging brands and emerging businesses. So I feed off that energy, and we legit help people. If you have a brand uh, and you want to get it to market, uh, oftentimes if our if our retail partners like a Lifetime or a Twenty Four or some of our other chains don't direct you towards us, um, you'll you'll find us through industry, through great folks like uh, Barry at Lenny and Larry's and the people at VUCA and Ostrom, and we probably have eighty manufacturers under our umbrella. And most of our leads come from our great partners who say, hey, you really need to talk to Sportech. They helped us here. Uh, Or you want to launch a brand, this is where you want to start. Talk to this guy. So it kind of feeds itself, which is fantastic.
2: Tell us about your customer base at Sportech.
3: So namely, because we're so entrenched in, um, I guess, creative selling. and, And, you know, we do a lot of things like we've done vending machines. We've done custom fixtures. We do custom displays. So we spend so much time. It's kind of like a cross mark sitting inside a Kroger. You know, we have that kind of category management uh, depth. We spend so much time in that process and we're pretty, not pretty, we're very lean and mean. We have a staff of only 11 people. And uh, you know we we really focus on a couple of major fitness chains, two of which are Twenty Four Hour Fitness out of uh, San Ramon and uh, Lifetime Fitness out of Hassan And I'm, I spend a a ton of time on an airplane in front of those guys and gals, and and uh, and then my support team behind me in Brighton, Michigan, uh, really supports a lot of those efforts. So those are our two largest. Fitness customers, we touch a lot of strange retail, and I, I, that might sound weird, but we actually distribute 5-Hour <laughs> um, Energy and Muscle Milk to Kmart. And that was namely huh. because, yeah, so, so those, those folks could not, uh, I, they just couldn't get a working or business relationship, so we stepped in, and, uh, and we managed some, I guess, some strange pieces of business like that. You wouldn't think a, a small little sports nutrition distributor like Sport Tech would touch a major brand like Muscle Milk or 5-Hour, fi- but we do. Uh, we've done some Costco specific projects for some of our suppliers, so you know we we're, we're pretty uh, we're, we're pretty nimble which is um, uh, uh, you know you can you can do that when you're small uh, but we really like to focus. I would say eighty percent of our revenue is is done with those two major fitness customers and I'm totally fine with that
0: That's really interesting Now I noticed on your website it starts to talk a little bit about your may build out or have started to build out some more direct to consumer is that Still the case, or is that not, not an area that you push on yet
3: yeah we 're not I mean that was uh, you know that site needs to be updated probably like everybody 's um, but when, when, we, uh, when we launched Sport Tech eight or nine years ago, that was the dream, and then here comes the mighty Amazon right and online re- retailing has been such a challenge to any manufacturer in my estimation, and we 're not the manufacturer right we 're just a distributor, so that's we 're one level removed from it it 's hard enough for Lenny and Larry's, you know, stay on that or, or any of these folks to sell direct to consumer to compete against the online retailers and then and then violate their own map pricing. So that it's great because I shop online. I buy a lot of stuff on, on Amazon myself, but it has created it's really changed the retail space dramatically, more oh, yeah. than any single thing I've ever seen in my career.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I have two questions for you and I'd say they're sort of similar. Um, We would like to ask you what you think you've done really well at Sportech and how you've succeeded and also what has been your biggest challenge in building this business.
3: Yeah, so you'll have to remind me of the second part, because I'll just answer the the first part. We continue to do better than ever, and that's that's how we survive. Uh, And and actually, I can answer this in two parts, because it's our biggest challenge, too. We have to do what I'm about to tell you, uh, or we'd be dead. We'd be a a one- or two-year company, and we'd be dead. And what we do extremely well is continue to keep our finger on the pulse of what's trending and new and exciting. And again, I explained earlier how that happens. It's through a lot of our bigger brands uh, that have uh, success and have established brands now in the, in the fitness industry that continue to refer us and our retailers that also when we call Lifetime or 24, uh, a, a lot of times they'll just say, okay, look, we're, we're not quite ready to deal with you directly. Go go talk to Sport Tech if they can't help you here. At Lifetime, they may be able to help you uh, in, in other places. They, we've, we've kind of proven ourselves to be a valuable and a valued and trusted partner in the space. And, Talk enough about that right you're only as good as your reputation and and we really do try to do right all the time by everybody that we do business with so what we've done extremely well though is continue to, to provide this steady stream of newness uh, in, in the channel of fitness uh, we cannot rely on the brands um, you know just a handful of brands because that becomes leads me to our biggest challenge, and that is we we take a brand from nothing, we build that to X dollars, uh, it becomes, you know, a, a larger brand. And then in a few instances, in several instances, too many times that brand either wants to go direct uh, with the retailer, or the retailer wants to explore a deeper partnership model on marketing and and uh, you know, et cetera, and, and we've lost a lot of major brands, um, you know, which is a which is a really tough thing to swallow. Right, as a business owner, you, you you've you started with these guys, you, you've you've been a partner for five, seven, ten years, and then they go direct. It's the nature of the business, but if we don't continue to provide a steady stream of newness, we're dead. So that's our, our greatest asset is is also, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a necessity, but it's it's also our biggest challenge Well, because I think we are good at what we do.
0: Every brand, though, sort of has a, a similar challenge every company in their whatever industry. How, what, what are the tricks that you guys use, just to your point, of trying to stay current? So, what is it that you do? What events are you at the Arnold? I mean, where where do you go to try and keep a current with what the uh, trends are in such a rapidly moving yeah, world great. like sports fitness?
3: Yeah, it's crazy. We've had a ton of success uh, with ECRM. Uh, yeah, you know, we that that show's been around for twenty years. I remember launching brands at that show. Uh, gosh, almost. 20 years ago uh, with TwinLab when we rolled out from specialty to mass market as on the manufacturing side. We used that show, Lifetime Fitness. We, we launched a couple of retail brands there when I was inside and went to ECRM. Um, there is a new show that we're going to in July in Las Vegas called Idea, um, and uh, we're, this is our first, first go around at that show, but we have to stay current with these shows, Expo West, Expo East, both fantastic shows for, for brands uh, and retailers that are in this healthy uh, lifestyle space, or what we like to call performance nutrition. Uh, and then, like I say, a lot of word of mouth, right? It's a, it's, it is a really dynamic and changing industry, but it's also fairly small. Uh, so you, you you tend to you know it, it, it's always like that seven degrees of separation. You always you talk to somebody at like two degrees of separation because you always seem to know. Oh, you worked at uh, Smith Klein, you know, back here, and then I know this guy, and it's like you know, in one minute you feel like you know everybody in the in the industry.
0: For fellow entrepreneurs, if you could go back in time and whisper some advice in your own ear, and maybe you like <laughs> doing that. I don't know. It could be fun. But if you're whispering advice in your own ear about, like, the day you started Sport Tech, what would it be? What do you wish you could go tell yourself?
3: And it's been just an incredible ride, right? And I, it's so funny, like, with entrepreneurs. And this is why I love going to the ECRM shows, of how these people launch their companies and brands is fascinating. So even if it's something that we're never going to buy, like a, you know, a... a, a I don't know how appropriate I can be, but, you know, just a uh, a colored condom, right? That's not anything we're going to sell on the four walls of fitness. But I'm still fascinated to sit there and listen to how, how these folks came to be, what their market vision is um so that's i again i started with that but i really feed on that uh that entrepreneurism because that's that's kind of who i am and, and and what i am but if i had to give anyone advice and i i give this advice out all the time especially with my own kids is like don't quit you know take risk and don't quit you can't be afraid of some short-term failure and a lot of times you know folks you don't get it right like i said we've we've had success with brands that have stumbled and failed but you know, went back to the drawing board, did not quit, uh, stuck it out, and and have made made mountains.
0: This has been so good. A lot. We have learned a lot just kind of listening to your overview of the channel, how you're building a business that addresses some of those outlets. If people want to know more about Sport Tech or get in contact with you, um, is there a website, social media? What's the best way to do that?
3: I would say fire me an email. I'm not... uh, uh, I'm not above getting some massive emails, but I don't know if you want to me to post that or I have no problem. We can post it on our so, social that's media what, sites. We do. Yeah. we do. a lot of business that way. We get a we get probably ten, fifteen emails a week. Hey, I'm friends with such and such, or we found you through here, or heard you can help us, uh, and, and you know we'll take uh, we'll, we'll we'll take kind of all that key information, you know, the selling proposition, some brand samples, the pricing model, uh, and, and we'll, we're pretty, uh, not pretty, we're very honest with folks. We don't want to waste your time. We don't want to waste ours if we think it's something that could have traction in our space. Uh, you know, so sometimes it's a long courtship. Sometimes it's really fast. We found brands that we've gotten to market in, you know, 30, 30, 40 days.
0: Well, what's the best email?
3: MW, that's Amazon Michael W. Wainwright at SportTechShop dot com, which is S P O R T T E C H S H O P dot com. So shoot me an email and let me know what exciting things you have on the horizon.
0: I love it. I love it. So it's M W at SportTechShop dot com.
3: Yeah, there's two T's in there. Yep. F-L- you are one of my favorite guys in the industry. I got to give you a plug right now because you are always so, so high energy. I always look forward to seeing you out there. Uh, really, really uh, proud to call you a friend, and uh, I- I'm glad to see you it's just still, still turning it up a notch out there.
0: Good. Well, man, thank you for being on the show, and uh, we got to have you back soon.
3: I would love to. All All right. Have a great
0: day. Yep. Thank you. That was Michael right, Wainwright, founder of Sport Tech. You are listening to the Natural Underground. Welcome back to the Natural Underground. How great was it having Michael Wainwright on the show? That yeah, guy it was great. knows this stuff. Very mm-hmm.
1: knowledgeable, funny. He liked you a bit much in well, a way that, that made weird. me uncomfortable. That was weird. He clearly he doesn't know confused. you very
0: well. No, I mean, yeah, he probably does. like,
1: You're a good guy. That
0: guy mm. got more. Man, when we worked together, he was just, the, he, I remember he was like a national accounts guy. We were all in our 20s and he could get some stuff done, man. So that's an interesting cat. No doubt that is. His business, his distributorship uh, Mm -hmm. is killing it in that channel as well. Um, Hey, we talked about, you know, when you get in front of somebody, let's say it's Michael and he helps you get in front of buyers or you get that chance no matter what business you're in. And we're talking sort of natural, better for you, food, beverages, things like that. But it's the rules are kind of the same, which is. If you're pitching to somebody who you're selling to, and I don't mean a consumer, but you know, a business-to-business or a buyer, mm-hmm. that's such a wildly interesting, important few minutes. And you yeah. either kind of make it or break it in that time. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted to do today is to have on Linda Bowen, the Vice President of Marketing at the Touch Agency, to tell us kind of have a conversation about what are the things that ought to be in a presentation if you have those few minutes. You know, um, Ryan, you went to ECRM not long ago, mm-hmm. which is – tell tell people what that, that flow is like. It's, it's like
2: speed dating. It is. You get 10 or 20 minutes, and you're just – every retailer is coming at you. They're totally different. You kind of t- – you plan on tailoring your pitch, but really you just learn how to operate yep. on the fly.
0: That's exactly right. So the idea of an ECRM is you're sitting there, and every few minutes a buyer for, like, Walmart or a Whole Foods or Safeway comes by – and e com and place like that, and you gotta make your pitch. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is you get so tired of your own voice. Yeah. Much like this radio show. You get so <laughs> tired of your own voice because you're saying the same thing, but to Ryan's point you're trying to customize. Ryan,
1: did it, it feel similar to going out on like sixth street on the weekend?
0: Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm interested. Um, no, because I don't, to me. I don't
2: vary that at all. <laughs> <successful>. <laughs> he just goes what works. Well, I don't know why I changed the pitch.
1: Yeah. Why, just, why
0: just, change what rarely works? Was, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, come to on. <laughs> to help us, uh, we mentioned Linda Bone Poor Linda's just on the phone. When he, one of these clowns going <laughs> to yeah, ask I'm like,
4: person. why did you invite me on? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, so Linda, Five minutes in. I'm not even introduced yet.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. L.B., Linda, you are here. Welcome to The Natural Underground.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, besides that time in prison, what what is your background? What you know, how did you end up in the consumer packaged goods world?
4: Um, well, I I started out about uh 20 years ago in pharmaceutical CPG and you know, that really wasn't my place. Fortunately, I I met Al and got into the natural and organic space, and that really is my tribe. I I love the products. I I you know
0: it's you walk the walk, yeah I do. No, I you I really do it's our pack, <laughs> not a tribe, it's our pack, that pack? From, uh, what, was pack that? Hangover. what was that what Hangover. yeah, that's our pack, so what do you do at the touch agency? you really we view you as the master storyteller, but what does that job look like
4: um well, basically it's I, <laughs> All day long, I create the brand story in an interesting and visually compelling way. Um, you know, It's to help sales and brokers feel confident to talk about the product. It's so retailers can see the vision and opportunity to carry the product. And on the consumer side, to get them excited about the product and how it relates and fits with their lifestyle. So kind of weaving that story for each of those three audiences as it relates to the brand to, uh, to make it successful.
1: What Linda's being so kind is to not say is also half her job is like, I'll call her on the phone for a very relevant work related question. The other day we were talking about ghosts. Like, do we believe in them? And I'm telling Linda all these things. So Linda's also sort of my own personal therapist.
0: <laughs> yeah. And somebody <laughs> yeah. needs to be, yeah. don't they, Linda? Somebody needs to
1: be. Yeah. She's doing her best. Um, so like when you begin with a brand and you're going to help them tell their story, what what is your first step? What materials do you need to see or get your hands on? Or what are you looking at to start telling that story?
4: Well, a lot of the work I do before I even start a deck is to just kind of think about the product. I I like to go to the store and uh, look at where it would be on shelf. Um, mm-hmm. It's an existing product, seeing where it is, what's around it. Um, look at the competitor Competitive space and see what their message is um, think about who the audience is what need it uh, what need does it address or um, also what the role is in the category yeah because if it's you know it has to be unique if it's going to be compelling to a retailer
0: Oh man we get so many we all see it not just us but we all see so many like if, if there's a good idea on one year that next 12 months is just Me Too, copycats, and people think that just because they have that brand and look, we came up with one too, it should get out there, but you hit it perfectly. It's finding that little unique angle in the story that allows you to justify to the people you have to sell to, to justify those few minutes you get it in front of a buyer, why your product ought to be on the shelf.
4: Exactly.
1: And I know you like actually getting your hands on the product because of course, we're going to be talking about chips or something, it's helpful to know what it tastes like and what the bag feels like.
4: Uh, yeah. On many occasions when a, a product is new to the market, they don't have the even samples yet. <laughs>
0: I'm like, okay.
4: I'm describing in a flowery marketing way. Yeah. What this something that doesn't exist.
0: <laughs> we get that all the time, right? It's no, nope, we don't have the product yet, but we have the concept. Can you help us go sell it? Like, uh, Sure. It tastes, has earthy
1: (laughs) undertones. Uh, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Lots
0: of protein, we think. We haven't seen the final ingredient deck yet, but that's what it is.
1: So then what would you say, and I know this is a large question, but what should all decks include? Like, what should the flow be like? What do you look for in a successful deck?
4: Well, here at Touch, we really create a master deck for our clients that can be tailored to each retailer. So it's basically sort of the brand Bible of of selling tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we like to cut right to the chase and usually start off with what is the opportunity for the retailer. Um, I think a big mistake that some brands make is that they want to spend about you know, six, seven slides on on their backstory and the founders and and you know, at the end of the day the retailer needs to be successful. So they want to know if you're going in there why your new bar is is going to have a positive impact on the on the category. And so going in there and and understanding what your role in the category is and how that's an opportunity and being able to communicate that is huge.
1: So Um, how do you change this deck? So you're saying you have a master deck that answers a lot of questions, and then you sort of cater this to whatever retailer you're presenting to?
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, You you know, flow-wise, I think you want, you know, present the opportunity, what's missing in the category, introduce your company or product, and if possible, have an example of a retail success story to build off of and how you stack up against the competitor outline your in-store and consumer support and that's really important to show the retailer that you're not just going to walk away as soon as it gets on shelf um, and then for each retailer you know first you need to define the objective of the call so for a new retailer like Brian referred to, it's kind of like a first date, you know, speed dating. You know, you want to put your best foot forward and convince them that you're all that.
1: Oh, I'll show my crazy later, just not right now.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: Keep that you
0: buried know? for a little while.
1: Yeah.
2: One of the things I appreciate about Jocelyn is she shows her crazy right up front.
1: <laughs> I mean, truly, it's like, this is me, take it or leave it. I know.
2: It. Yeah. I'm That's actually really being cool. honest there, too, but what what pitfalls should brands avoid? Keeping files under 10 megabytes would be an example.
1: I know, Linda, you're real, like, right. you've got to, it's, if Don't they can't open the file. Don't you love we built this
0: presentation that we want to send to this buyer, but we can't email it to you because it's 75. minutes.
4: <laughs> We're going to have, have know, to send megabyte. it physically on <laughs> yeah. a hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would definitely say shorter is better. You know, once you create your deck, go back and look over each page and figure out a way to condense that information. Um, simple is better. So you know, how many a lot
1: slides of... do you think are you talking when you say shorter?
4: Um, Well, it depends on how much time you're going to have with the retailer, you know, I would say maybe six or seven, uh, you know, but it depends if it's a new pitch or versus like a working session where you're really, you know, you're going in there with a clear objective, whether it's shelf placement or more facings or fixing the mix. Um, Yeah. That's really, that's really where a strong, a strong sales representation is so important and communication between marketing and sales to figure out what they're going in there for the appointment, what insight the salesperson has w- with the particular buyer. Yeah. You know, there are some buyers that want to get right to the point. There are other buyers that are really interested in the backstory, um, And so... Having an experienced salesperson that can tell you ahead of time how to rearrange that deck and, and make it compelling to that particular buyer is really important.
0: One of the one uh, of the coolest things that I have ever I ever saw Linda do, understanding that kind of get the attention of the buyer, is and you in in some appointments you wouldn't use this, but she did an evolution of snacking slide for something for Rhythm Superfoods originally, uh, the kale chips, and they had a superfood line. And it was the evolution of snacking. And it went back to like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and everything from sort of, you know, spam to diet, you know, low fat, low sugar, low fat, then all the portion control stuff. And it was such a fun way to get a conversation going with a buyer rather than just sort of blurting out all of the facts about your product right now and get them in that mindset of things are changing and they can can continue to change. And are you ready for the future? So- Lynn, it's been so great having you on. This has been so helpful. Fantastic. we got to have you on more. I think a lot of our listeners in the industry, particularly people building brands, really, really want to know what you know. And that's, uh, that's good stuff.
1: They do. Well, thank we, you. When we were walking around Expo, I have to say, people were saying, oh, my gosh, you're, you made this for me, and you're such a wizard. I felt yeah, like I was walking really around good. with
3: <laughs> really good
1: royalty. Well, thanks so much, LB. Uh, Hi, thank you. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening to The Natural Underground. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, please email us at info at the You can follow us on Facebook at The Natural Underground. That's our show. Thanks we'll for listening. We'll see
4: you next week. Later.